would you do if you could do anything? Welcome to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. Join me for weekly conversations on purpose with women who have found it and are impacting their worlds with it. You can't control what life throws at you. We can't. Around the corner, I might get hit by your update. I lose all my income from my blog. But we can control how we react to it, right? And so if I get, if my income just goes overnight, 10 grand, gone a month, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I can sit there and cry and have snotty tears and wail that blogging is dead. I can say, okay, now what? What is my next step? What's my plan? And the quicker you bounce back and the quicker you recover, you will start to become somewhat invincible to life's challenges. I speak to women who are building businesses, have turned their passions or side hustles into careers, or have dedicated their lives in service of others. I hope that by collecting these stories, I can offer you tangible lessons on how to discover, build, and grow purpose in your own lives. So let's get started. Today, I'm talking to Aisha Priest. Aisha is the founder of OutAndBeyond.com, a personal finance blog and coaching business which teaches people how to make money, save more, and live life on their own terms. Aisha left a career in banking in 2017 to travel and find ways to earn remotely while doing so. Her real turning point, however, came in 2019 when Aisha's best friend and loudest cheerleader passed away suddenly. In tribute to her friend and upon realizing that life is too short not to chase your dreams, Aisha decided to turn outandbeyond.com into a full-time business. Not only has she replaced and out-earned her previous salary, she now teaches others how they can do the same. Aisha and I talk about the resilience and mindset required to grow your own business, how flexibility and remote work are changing the future of work, and why she wants everyone to be able to earn enough independently to live life on their own terms. Hi, Aisha. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here and taking the time to speak to to me. Um, As I was mentioning earlier, uh, I was first introduced to you through the Rio talk that you did. And since then, I have been fascinated and inspired by your journey. Uh, You left your job at HSBC in 2017 to become a digital nomad. And then towards the end of 2019, so not that long ago, you really took your blogging business uh, and teaching other people how to make their digital side hustles, their main hustles full time. And you are now, you've now replaced your income from that. So congratulations. Um, Yeah. Tell me about that journey. Uh, Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for having me. Um, What a privilege. And we talked just now about, you know, why you set this up to help other women. And I just think it's such a important, beautiful purpose. So I hope that I can provide you and your audience as much value as I can in this short time we have. So you'd like, I'll talk about my journey from perhaps 2017. Yeah. And, uh, well, I studied law and I fell into banking and I did all the right things. I worked hard. I caught, you know, sacrificed my lunch break, stayed late, canceled family dinners so I could uh, climb the corporate ladder. And I caught myself after eight years looking out the window thinking, "I, I don't want my boss's job. Yeah. I don't want my boss's boss's job. And it really kind of scared me because I said, then what, you know, and I'm, I was still, you know, I didn't have kids. Um, and I thought, what am I going to do when I, when I have kids, when I get older and I need that flexibility, this job doesn't cater for that. And I remember just looking out the window, wishing 
I could I could work and travel remotely, but I didn't know how. Yeah. Right. So so many of us want to take that step, but we have fears. We say, oh, you know, what if I get scammed? What, what's the next step? And so what I did was I actually started a side hustle while working full time in the bank, mm-hmm. and I started an online proofreading side hustle. And um, what I did was I had no experience. I just got experience by doing free samples for my friends and family and then put an ad up on a university professional editor, you know, and uh, started my side hustle but did not quit my job. It's very important that you build your side hustle while working full time. And then what I did was I was able to learn how to get recurring clients and um, earn money from my proofreading side hustle. And then I took the plunge and I told myself, you know, if I am not earning reasonable money within two years, I will go back to my banking job. And I told myself, I will always be able to find a banking job. Perhaps I'll have a gap, maybe not at the same level of income. And that reassured me. And then I went through a series of online jobs, such as um, online teaching, virtual assisting, social media management, Pinterest management, freelance writing. And I tried it all. And I was very very fortunate that I was able to build up skills and earn eventually very well. I mean, I think at my peak for online teaching, I was earning about 6,000 USD a month, which I I think that's for me. I don't know about you, but for me, that was good money. Mm. And it allowed me to travel and see the world and work remotely. Um, And then in 2019, October, uh, my best friend passed away suddenly. And she was always my biggest champion. And it really shook me. And it really, really kind of made me realize that if I don't chase my dreams and do exactly what I want now, I could be gone tomorrow. And also, to I always talked about blogging as my dream to my friend Kelsey mm-hmm. uh, in New Ze- from New Zealand. And it, to honor her, I said, I'm going to go for it. And in October 2019, I made the decision to start, you know, really take my blog seriously. And in December, I made my first $100. And then, um, and it was wild because I remember sitting in a cold library in Ireland. It was raining and, you know, I was, there's this money came in. This was December, 2019. Uh, December, 2019. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, I, I made sure I withdrew the money and had it physically. And I spent that money to prove to myself it was real. Yeah. And then I said, okay, there's something here that perhaps is real. And then I went about uh, trying to build up the traffic and monetizing my blog. And then the pandemic hit um, and a lot of my freelance income took a hit because I was a freelance travel writer. Mm -hmm. And naturally, you know, a lot of my travel clients had to drop me. And I did go through, you know, turbulent times with my blog, trying to figure it all out. But towards the end of my, of 2020, I discovered SEO, and I'm, uh, which is search engine optimization, and I'm happy to share any tips with your readers if we have time. And it really skyrocketed my blog traffic and income. And, you know, it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And this year, I just hit, um, in the last few months, I've just hit over 10,000 USD a month wow. for my blog. And I also set up three other blogs because I thought, well, if I could make that for one, hello, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I'm on this journey where I want others to be able to recognize that blogging can be a real career. It can give you the time and location independence and it can replace your corporate income, but you just need a strategy and a plan. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I am today. Well, congratulations. I mean, that is amazing. And I think the amazing thing about it is also how how quickly it's happened. Like I, I'm not into get rich quick 
type schemes. And that's not why I'm highlighting it. I think what I want, what I mean to say is if you have a strategy, like you said, and you're committed and you put in the hard work every day, this is really possible. I mean, you said it to me earlier, it's possible for anyone. It's possible for you. And it does, it's incredibly inspiring because it does make it feel very real. Um, to someone maybe at the start of their journey who's looking to transition out of corporate life um, and is trying to find a path forward. Right. And also, you know, I, I realized the reason why I was able to, for it to happen faster was I made my mistakes, right? So in 2017, the blog was there, but I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And so I went through analysis paralysis. I totally ignored it. But in it was when... I recognized that I want to take it seriously in October 2019 that I've said, okay, if you treat it like a hobby, it won't make you money like a hobby. If you treat it like a job and a business, it will make you money. And I started treating it like a business Mm -hmm. and I made time for it like a business. And when I did that, it started making me money like a business. Yeah. Yeah. So having, having had this journey over the past, well, four years really, and then made this leap from a corporate job which might not have inspired you but was stable and there was a career track that you could see you knew where you would be in five years time ten years time to entrepreneurship what does purpose mean to you now has it changed the way you view purpose now I feel my purpose is the reason I get up every day and what I'm working towards is to help other people become happier wealthier and better versions of themselves and I think I'm very fortunate that that makes me happy because yeah. different things make different people happy. I just, I'm very lucky that when I, if I hear, for example, that, you know, the purpose effect is going to get on Oprah or, you know, which it will one day, <laughs> when I hear about people, you know, getting, um, you know, achieving financial independence or on the journey or becoming happier, I get really happy. And I believe now that is my purpose. And even in the bank, I didn't realize that. I mean, I enjoyed when I was banking because I was helping businesses save money, make extra money, grow their wealth. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was put on this earth to help people become better versions of themselves in my own small way. Like you don't need to be Oprah to, to impact someone's life, right? Even if it's having a conversation that helps them. And I feel every day I try and strive to you know, even if it's a smile, try and help somebody be happier, wealthier, and be better versions of themselves. And that's my purpose. Yes. COVID makes you rethink some of the bigger questions in life. And something that I've been thinking about a lot is how important it is to make an impact, however small, uh, in another person's life that might change it for the better. So for me, I'm interested in what we can do to empower women to have fulfilling lives and fulfilling careers on their own terms. And financial freedom is a big part of that, right? Because it creates opportunities. So I want to encourage different kinds of careers that women can really feel autonomy over and that work for them. For sure. And I think that it gives this alternative work lifestyle legitimacy because I know my biggest fear when I left was, am I going to be some broke backpacker? You know, I wasn't young when I left, you know, like not that I, not that I was very old, but like I wasn't just out of college, I had bills to pay. And my fear was, ah, uh, that only happens to those young, young ones that want to live on like sunshine and good vibes, you know? Yeah. And so I find and the reason why I also share, and I know it can sound obnoxious when I share my income screenshots or one, and I know that 
it alienates certain people, but they're not for me, mm-hmm. is because I needed that legitimacy. I yeah. needed that proof that this is real. It can earn you money. And I think what you're doing is legitimizing a, an alternative lifestyle that many people have a perception it's not legitimate. So going back to some of the early early stages of your journey, did you struggle with what I call failure to launch? Um, that feeling that you want to make a change, you want to dive in, your your life and your work is not working for you anymore, but you're fearful that if it fails, there might not be a, a road back to banking um, and that steady salary and, you know, the benefits that that career brought you. Yes, and I think it's a, a valid fear that a lot of us feel because we work really, really hard to get to that position, right? And um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there, you know, we don't go wake up and be like, I'm going to do a bad job today. We always just we do the best we can. And I certainly sacrificed a lot to get to that position in the bank. And I thought to myself, what if, what if I'm a nobody again? You know, like broke, no money, you know, having to rely on people. That's my biggest fear, having, you know, having to rely on others and not having my own financial independence. And what I did was, um, to be honest, the first step was I made sure I had savings. Whatever you do when you make a ne- next big plan in life, make sure you have savings yeah. and have your, have your finances in order. And what I did was I wrote down, and this is a technique I use every time I'm overwhelmed or I'm, I'm down, I, I actually write down the problem and the fears physically writing down. And then I write a solution next to it. And so yeah. one of my fears was, what if it all goes, um, what if it all goes down the drain? And in two years I'm broke with uh, no money and no job. What do I do? So I sat down and I said, okay, I have a law degree. I have a master's. I have an education. I have experience. What kind of jobs would hire me with that experience? And I wrote down all the jobs. Okay. How am I going to apply for them? And then I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And I wrote a plan that mm-hmm. would help me for a worst case scenario and it's okay. And it's good to plan for a worst case scenario and then write the contingency plan and it will alleviate your fears. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing that really helped me was giving myself a timeline and saying, it's okay if it doesn't work out, you know, you're not a total failure. If in two years you've tried it and it doesn't work, it's okay. That's two years of life experience for the rest of your life. You're going to work. And finally, what really helped me was also, having the skills as a side hustle while I was in the bank, I I completely believe if I just quit with no, nothing to fall back on, I think I would have either failed or found it way harder, but I already developed those skills to find clients to, I already felt, I knew the feeling of earning my own income. Yeah. And when you do that, it makes it so much easier when you leave. Yeah. You've said yourself that the biggest flex is not status symbols, but freedom the freedom to work wherever you choose and be in control of your earning power. And I I 100% agree with that. But there are times when self-employment is extremely stressful and you are not in charge of your earning power because you're still relying on, for example, affiliate marketing sites or traffic, how to grow that. You don't know what you don't know. And that early stage when you're building a business can be financially extremely stressful. I mean, I think most entrepreneurs will say the whole journey is stressful. They're doing it for for the freedom in some cases or for purpose in other cases. And sometimes it means you work 24-7. So how do you you balance some of the stresses that come with your work with also the freedom 
it brings? I think that's a really good question, and it's something I still am working on at the moment. Um, I, I can only share what really helped when I was, um, for example, wanted to become a freelance writer, and I had yeah. no experience. And, you know, I was in Spain at the time, and Barcelona is not cheap, and so I, I needed to earn, but at the same time, I, I wanted to enjoy Barcelona. And so what I did was, and this is going to help so much, is you need to write down the process mm-hmm. to get to your end goal. So whatever it is, your business or whatever you're planning, so if, if you want to become successful, write down the process, the plan. And you're not going to do the plan in one go, are you? You're going to do it maybe over a year. Okay. Then you break down the steps. And so it helps if you're feeling like, oh, I need to work, I need to work, I need to work. You know, hang on a minute. Have I completed the first step? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Then I can take a break. And if you're feeling like, often you'll feel like, oh, I'm a complete failure, not making money. You're not going to get your success right away. But if you are two steps further than where you were from the first step, that is success, yeah. right? And so my sister said, don't ugly cry until you finish the step. Don't call me an ugly cry until you have finished the steps. Trust the process, number one. And number two is I follow this mind map. It's a map. It's a kind of thing I draw. And I have quadrants. Yeah. And it has uh, mental side, emotional side, spiritual side, physical side. So I have quadrants. And often when we're feeling down or feeling just not ourselves, it's because we have neglected one of those quadrants. And often when, for example, I'm like, I just woke up, I feel down today. Why is it? Have you called your mom? Have you connected with your loved ones? Did you exercise? Did you eat the right food? And if you tick those quadrants every week, you will have a more balanced life. Mm. And that allows me to recognize my for myself, you know, you need to, entrepreneurship is a marathon. Yeah. Only those who look after themselves and their health are the ones that get to the end. And people think working hard, working hard, like on a marathon, if you run really fast the first two kilometers, you burn out, yeah. right? The people that pace themselves, the people that look after their health, eat the right food are the ones that get to the end. So imagine that your business journey, your entrepreneurship is a marathon and you need to take it slow to get to the end. Yeah. I love that. And you know, last week I was having a conversation um, also here on the Purpose Effect um, with a woman called Kylie Gates, and she says the same thing. I mean, she was a dancer, so it's much easier to put that together, I think, when you're talking about somebody whose body is their work. Um, mm. But she says it applies everywhere. You have to pay attention to yourself. You have to look after yourself because otherwise you're not going to have the tools in your body to do your work Um to the best of your ability. So yes, I think, I think that's hugely important. It's something that we talk about a lot here. And, um, and I think it's also something that maybe in the past two years, people have been so much more conscious of, um, the importance of keeping themselves healthy and the importance of keeping their mental health strong. Um, so yes, thanks for bringing that up because I think it's really important. And just to add, like your mind, your brain is the biggest tool that's going to get you to the end, right? Like compared to say a corporate job where you get paid whether you perform or not sometimes, when you're having a business, your brain and your health is the tool (laughs) that's going to get you there. And so if you don't look after the machine that's going to get you there, you're not going to get there. Yeah. Do you struggle with scarcity mindset, particularly as it's your business, time is money, And it's common as a business owner, I think, to undervalue your own time and to do everything yourself. 
because whatever you spend on growing your business also cuts into your own earnings. Well, I think I'm very fortunate that I'm in the online world, yeah. right? And the online world is abundant and full of opportunity. You are not limited to one market now, one one country. Yeah. Compared to like if you, when I was working corporate banking and I was competing for a position, it's a bit more, you know, there's, it's harder, yeah. right? My opportunities are global now. And so if you have an online business for sure, um, there are, there's enough for all of us. Yeah. And so I'm very lucky that I don't suffer from that right now where I, I worry like, oh, somebody else wants to compete with me or, you know, I feel that the, there is enough opportunity in the online world for all of us. Yeah. Um, and another thing that really helps is if you can upskill yourself in a small way every day, you will gain a competitive advantage. And I didn't realize this at the time, but every single day, even if it's a YouTube video, if it takes five minutes in the morning, I'll listen to a podcast or any, when I'm vacuuming, when I'm folding my clothes, I love folding my clothes because I get to listen to a podcast. (laughs) If you can upskill in a small way every day, if you add that every day to 365 days, you will gain a competitive advantage and other people will not do that. Not many people are willing to put in that consistency. And if you do that, you will have a competitive advantage and you won't have to worry about scarcity. Yeah. I'd love to know what podcast you're listening to, by the way, when you're, um, when you're doing your ironing. Um, yeah. Always looking for a good podcast recommendation as, uh, as you can imagine. Um, when I asked you for a book recommendation earlier, you gave me two books. You recommended Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and also Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And both of these books are about taking control of making money for yourself. And so that your earning power and your earning potential is not dictated only by your employer, right? Um, I think both books also talk about passive income. Why is financial freedom and financial independence so important to you? Because I know the feeling of not having money. And, um, excuse me, I feel that, uh, when you don't have money, you don't have, uh, sometimes your options and your opportunities are limited. Mm-hmm. And I know that helpless feeling where you, you know that you can live your potential, but you're limited by money. Excuse me. I'm really sorry. No. And so I think that for me growing up, we, I had a really a good family. We, they loved us. We, we were loved. We were always loved. But um, my parents and my father, he's my dad's a hippie. He, he doesn't believe in capitalism. And I think, you know, having a lot of money is not on his high list, you know. I don't know if I believe in capitalism anymore either. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, um, uh, and, and, you know, to each their own. And I completely, um, I had a good upbringing and I love my family very much. But money was not abundant. And so I remember the feeling as a child, like worrying about getting sick. I was like, if I get sick, my parents can't afford to bring me to the hospital. And that was a genuine fear of mine. Um, and also when I went, when I wanted to study, so, um, I wanted to study in the UK at the time I was in Malaysia. So I'm half English, Mm -hmm. half Malaysian. And I wanted to study law. And if, you know, what some of the best law schools in the world are in the UK. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to study there, but my parents couldn't afford it. And I remember that, you know, as a young woman, you know, I had this potential, I had all this desire to, to learn, this thirst to, to learn, but it was being limited because 
we didn't have money. And so what I did was I applied anyway and got myself there and supported myself through, through university. And it was one of the toughest experiences of my life because I was completely alone. I had to, you know, as an 18, 19 year old trying to figure out how to pay rent and study law. Yeah. And just feeling frustrated, that frustration and that helplessness that, you know, I didn't go to any parties in my university. I didn't have time. I was busy working and studying. And yeah. I feel a part of my childhood was kind of, not a childhood, but a part of my youth was kind of sacrificed there, which is why now I'm all over the place, <laughs> you know, going traveling and making up for it. But that feeling of helplessness sticks with me till today. And I never want anybody else to feel that. And I refuse to let any of my family members or their children feel it, which is why I work very hard to achieve financial independence and hopefully generational wealth. Yeah. And I guess that, you know, being able to then learn how to earn money and support myself through my master's and then get a good job in banking, it still stuck with me till today that if you do not have your own finances, you are so reliant and so vulnerable on, you know, to the world. I think that is so incredible. And thank you so much for sharing that um, because... I think something that we don't talk about enough when we talk about ditching your corporate job to live with purpose is that there's a lot of privilege in that conversation. The ability to do that requires financial means in many cases. And if you don't have that for yourself, then sometimes you're not in a position to do it. Uh, And, you know, many people also support other people. They support families, they support children, they support parents. If you decide to make that leap, sometimes it's not just about you and not just about doing something that gives you more purpose. You know, you're also potentially pulling the rug out from under all of those people. So uh, I do want to recognize that. And I really thank you for bringing that to the table. I also want to ask, how did you do it then? What kinds of jobs were you doing all the way through uni? You clearly learned to hustle and juggle multiple jobs from a very young age. Uh, I did anything as long as it was immoral. I was up for it. I did cleaning. I did bartending. Like I didn't drink alcohol and they loved me because, you know, they, (laughs) I was the only bartender that didn't drink. So I remember uh, for my first bartending job, I, oh my God, it was so embarrassing. I served Baileys in a, in a pint glass. So to those that don't drink, Baileys, <laughs> Baileys should be served in a small shot glass. And shot I just glass. poured the whole thing into a big jug and uh, just gave it to the customer. And they were delighted. Um, but I, I just had this desire to just earn, you know, and there's m- as much as I could earn so I could study. I yeah. did cle- cleaning. I did waitressing. I worked for a coffee shop. So any, any opportunity to earn all those odd jobs. And there's absolutely no shame in that. For me, at the end of the day, if you are saving money and if you're increasing your finances, your, your wealth, you're winning. Yeah. You don't need to explain that away to anybody. You don't need to justify that to anybody. Um, it must have been then with this background, very difficult to make that decision in 2017 to quit your job that was financially secure. Um, and to make all of your money from, and initially it was online jobs and various side hustles. And then more recently it became more permanently out and beyond and the business and the coaching that you're doing there. But how long did it take you to replace your income, your banking income? 
So for the online jobs, I'd say two years. Say two years. Yeah. So um, to be honest, once you get the hang of online jobs and if you follow the right strategy and you just focus, the issue a lot of people face and what I face is we try and do too much. We try to do this. We try that. We, we, we spread ourselves too thin. Mm-hmm. But if you say, I'm going to become a virtual assistant, you do a course on virtual assisting, you follow the exact steps you can actually earn a lot of money very quick. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I have a lot of freelance writers and I've helped a lot of my freelance writers quit their jobs and replace their previous income because they have a strategy. And I say, do this, do this, do this, yeah. off you go, you know? So it took me um, two years. And then what was the question after that? Sorry. Um, that was the question. How, okay. how long did it take you to uh, replace your income? But also, you know... Uh, you, you tried many things, right, mm. over this process. I mean, yes, you need to have a strategy and you need to be focused and you can't spread yourself too thin, but sometimes it takes a while to figure out what that strategy is going to be, um, what jobs are going to work, what jobs have more income-generating potential. I mean, how did that, um, how did that process go to you, go, go for you? You just learned by doing? Yeah, I mean, like, for example, proofreading, I just kind of googled how to proofread right i mean nowadays there's a good course out there i mean if you go on my blog there's how to be a proofreader how to be a freelance anything you want is on that site but at the time i just googled it and i just kind of tried it and then you know said oh you know i don't really want to i want to try something else and there was definitely you're definitely going to feel and expect this and embrace it you're going to feel a bit overwhelmed you're going to feel a bit aimless at the beginning but recognize that each step you're taking is a little building block and so yeah. if, if I had just gone from my corporate job to blogging, I would not have the content and the knowledge and the experience to help people. I am glad that I found my way to the different online jobs. Some failed, some clients fired me because I had no idea what I was doing. But you need to fail to, to learn, you know, and be okay with that. Embrace it. If you're not making mistakes and if you're not failing and if you're not feeling overwhelmed at the beginning, I think that you're not put it, pushing yourself hard enough. And it's okay to feel that and it's okay to fail because it means that you're going to learn. Yeah. I mean, that is a great mindset. I love that. And as somebody who is a little bit of a recovering perfectionist, that's very difficult for me. Um, Setting myself up almost to fail because I know I'm going to learn something from it. For sure. And I guess you can't control what life throws at you. We can't around the corner I might get hit by Google update I lose all my income from my blog but we can control how we react to it right and so if I get if my income just goes overnight 10 grand gone a month right Mm -hmm. okay I can sit there and cry and have snotty tears and wail that blogging is dead or I can say okay now what what is my next step what's my plan and the quicker you bounce back and the quicker you recover you will start to become somewhat invincible to life's challenges and so perhaps as a as a perfectionist, because you are a perfectionist, you will execute that well, right? Yeah. So you know, you say, okay, if this if this happens, boom, what's my next plan? Next plan, next plan. Yeah, I mean, that's resilience, isn't it? It's it's resilience, it's grit, and it's like you said, always having a strategy and a time frame. I think that's helpful. Like if you're testing out lots of different online jobs, you need to give yourself a time frame. Like, how long am I gonna do this before I decide is it something that I'm gonna you know, take forward, take to the next level. So let's now talk about uh, 
out and beyond and all of the side hustle coaching that you're doing. You run a lot of workshops on how to start and grow blogging businesses. You run workshops on SEO. And for those of you who are listening, if you have an online business or a website, I highly recommend you follow Aisha and you download her programs and you attend her workshops because she has a wealth of knowledge on how to get more traffic to your site and also how to earn more from it. So let's go right back to the basics. Why is SEO so important for growing a online business? Um, I think I'm glad that you, you, you know, brought this to attention because I'm pretty sure a lot of people want, but they're scared to ask, you know, they're <laughs> like, is it a silly question, you know? And I found out later that everybody wants to know this. Okay. SEO or search engine optimization is basically Google traffic, traffic that Google, Dr. Google sends to you for free. So when you Google something like where, uh, most comfortable shoes for wide feet. Mm -hmm. The results on Google come up, right? And when someone clicks on that, the person that is, has that article on page one will earn, right? Yeah. So they, to get on page one, how do we get on page one? Now, the reason why, and that's SEO, how SEO will teach you how to get your site on page one. So people will click it. Okay. Now it's important because it's free. And hashtag it is free, it's for me, baby. You know, <laughs> not everybody here has the budget for advertising, right? Like when I began, I didn't have that budget. I yeah. was living a vida broker. So we need to, <laughs> you know, we need to figure it out. So not everybody has that privilege. And I certainly didn't. So I was like, right, what can I do right now in my living room to get traffic to my site? Okay, Google is free. Number two, important it's important to me, is it is passive in the long run. And so I don't know if you can relate, but Instagram, social media, you have to post and post and keep up with the algorithm and it's exhausting, mm-hmm. you know? And as a business owner, you're trying to, you're trying to create your business. You don't want to sit there and play, play around and the social media and you can't afford a social media manager at the beginning, right? No. So the reason why Google is so helpful is it is passive. So once you set up SEO right, it will send you passive traffic automatically for years. So I have articles from two, three years ago that still bring me traffic till today mm-hmm. and earn me money till today. Yeah. Number two. And number three is, and this is very important if you're selling something, a, a product or a service, it's the type of people that come to your site. And I say this, the people with buyer intent. Okay. So when you're on social media, on Instagram, someone, they see a cat meme. Imagine that you're, okay, Take a step back. Imagine you're selling jackets. Mm-hmm. You have a, a business selling jackets and you want people to buy your jackets. And then so imagine your potential customer scrolling through Instagram. Ooh, there's a cat meme. Ooh, there's somebody dancing. Oh, there's a jacket. Scroll next. Another cat meme. Their mindset may not necessarily be to buy the jacket. Now, compare that to somebody who Googles best jackets for women. Yeah. Their credit card is out. Their debit card is out. They want to buy that jacket. If you can convince them that it's a good jacket, mm-hmm. you've already got a customer that's looking to buy, which is why it's so powerful because you get the right type of traffic. There's absolutely no point getting loads of traffic if they're not there to do the purpose you need them to, which is, yeah. to be honest with the business, to buy, right? Yeah. And so that's why I'm really passionate about SEO. Yeah. Um, so once you get these uh, visitors to your site... What are the revenue streams that you have on out and beyond? You have courses and, and, and then there's advertising. Pop-up okay. Ads? So, uh, so first one is, uh, avata- display advertising. So mm-hmm. I love advertising, display advertising because 
It doesn't cost me anything. It doesn't cost the reader anything. You just read my articles. Mm -hmm. But the advertiser who has all the money, Samsung, Apple, they are the ones that pay. They pay for the exposure to the audience that read the articles. But you and me, as you know, as my reader and me as a content provider, we don't pay anything. And so I earn from advertising. So I'm part of a display advertising network called Mediavine. Mm -hmm. And so um, they pay me like a salary, to be honest, every yeah. month, according to how many page views. I then earn from affiliate marketing. Mm -hmm. So products that I recommend on my site, if they help my, my readers, if they earn, I earn a commission at no extra cost to the reader again. Right. And that's important to me. Like not everybody can afford, right? So it, it, there's no extra costs. And number three, I also earn from... So advertising digital products. So I sell courses on how to become a freelance writer, how to be an online teacher, and digital products. Yeah, those are the three main affiliate marketing, display advertising, and digital products. Do you do sponsored posts or anything like that? Um, I, I used to, but I, I try and stay away from them now because I feel that, okay, so sponsorships are great for, for some people, but it's active income. Yeah. Right. And so active income is when you physically have to work for that money mm -hmm. compared to passive income where it rolls in. Right. Right. So when you do a sponsorship, you have to negotiate the rate, you have to actually do it, shout out, and you have to sell to your audience. And all that is active. Whereas display advertising, affiliate marketing and digital products, I could be hiking up to Mount Kilimanjaro. Someone will still, I can still earn. And that passive aspect really appeals to me. Mm -hmm. And it's, I've, I've had to sometimes say no, even though I want to say yes to sponsorships because mm -hmm. the money's good. Yeah. But I'm thinking long term. Yeah. Okay. So if you were talking to a new business owner or a new blogger who had recently launched their site, what would be three quick tips that you would give them to improve their SEO? Okay. First of all, your site needs to have a blog section. So if you have about me contact page or your products of your e-commerce, you need to have a section where there's blogs, articles. Okay. These articles will be like straws. They will, they will draw the readers into your site. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, number two is find out what the people in your niche are looking for. And a really useful tool is answerthepublic.com. Okay? okay. So whatever topic it is. So would you, you want to share a niche or I don't, you don't have to, but if you want to give me a niche. Sure. Um, let's talk about sustainable living. Okay. Great niche, by the way. There's money in that, okay? Yeah. Um, I have I have like a passion for like finding good niches that are monetized. But, and I like, I text my students, I'm like, start that blog, start that blog. <laughs> Sustainable living, great niche, it's going to grow. Okay, so go if you go to answerthepublic.com, you put in sustainable living. There will be many, many questions about sustainable living. How do I live sustainably? Uh, downsides of uh, X, Y, sustainable living, benefits of sustainable living. Um, sustainable living in the kitchen, sustainable. Mm -hmm. How do I be more sustainable? Yeah. Like, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, answer the public comes up with at least 50 different questions. Okay. Those questions are going to be your blog topics and you write about them. And when people Google how to start composting, if you, if you SEO optimize it right, it will draw your reader into your site. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that's tip number two, right? So have a blog section, Write, write things, write questions, topics that people are asking for in your niche. And number three, which a lot of people overlook, is site speed. Because if your site is more than four seconds, takes more than four seconds to load, mm -hmm. the user is going to bounce off mm -hmm. and they, they won't even you know, engage with the content. And Google will see this as a signal that your site is 
not making their readers happy. Okay. Google is in the business of providing the best content to their readers. Google is very protective of their readers. That's why you, you should not have clickbait articles. Because if someone bounces, bounces off, it's a signal to Google, this is a bad article. And so if you always provide quality and value to your readers, you'll make them happy, you'll make Google happy, and he will continue to rank you. So try and get your site speed. There's a site speed tool called Pingdom, P-I-N-G-D-O-M.com. Or you can just Google site speed tools and find out if your site is loading in less than four seconds. If it isn't, speak to your host and, you know, you can go on Fiverr for less than $100. Someone will optimize your site mm-hmm. and make it make the speed Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, and it will make them fast. So it's a one-off. You know, you just do it, get it done, but it could be holding you back if you don't do that. Right. Cool. Thank you for those tips. I think also... You know, the fact that you talk about this and yes, it's very complicated when you start out, there's so much you don't know and there's so much you need to learn, but there's also never been more opportunities, I think, um, for self-employment or solopreneurship. And I also think that working from home or this hybrid mix of remote plus onsite work is here to stay. So what do you think the future of work holds for us? I think that um, it's going to be much easier to set up a business, online business. There's like, even in the space of one year, there's now like business in a box. They just set it all up for you. So number one, it's going to be easier. So if you're listening to this and you're freaked out, because I am hopeless at technology. I'd like, to, <laughs> like Technology makes you want to throw up in a bin throw up and keep doing it. Honestly, get the bin, throw up, carry on, just keep stick at it. And um, you can be hopeless at technology like me and still succeed. So it will get easier. There are so many tools nowadays coming to help you. And I think people now realize that the world we once lived in is not sustainable for work. Yeah. And they want more for themselves. And they're going to realize that actually working from home is the norm. Or working remotely is the norm. And they will. it's going to be something which they're going to expect when they apply for a job. And... I think there's going to be way more opportunity for online jobs. For example, virtual assisting. Like companies are realizing they don't need someone, a secretary to sit in the office, probably surf on the internet, waste, you know, yeah. waste time. They, you know, let somebody work remotely, take calls and assist the business. Virtual assisting, Pinterest management is a big thing that's going to come up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're based in Malaysia right now, but I don't know where I'll be in a couple of years. But I, from my experience, there's not many Pinterest managers outside the USA, but okay. there's a demand for Pinterest managers. So if you're if you're creative, look into Pinterest management. Go on my site. Go find out how to become a Pinterest manager. Property VAs, virtual assisting. Like I think a lot of jobs are going to now um, become open to become online jobs and allow people to work freelance. Yeah. And the world as we once knew is no longer going to exist. Yeah, I 100% agree with this. And I think that it, I personally think that it provides a lot of interesting opportunities for women who struggle most with some of the restrictions that um, full-time on-site work creates around childcare, maybe care for parents, the burden of which generally falls onto women. I think that the growth of these industries provides a real opportunity for women to take more control over their financial independence. And I really love that you are helping women, well, all people, but particularly I'm interested in women, um, helping women achieve that um, 
yeah, for themselves. So just to start wrapping up, if you were to go back in time and give a piece of advice to the younger Aisha on the start of this journey back in 2017, what would you tell her? I would say that you don't need to be the smartest person in the room to succeed. You just need to work hard and be consistent. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I needed to be really good with numbers and good at technology to be successful in whatever I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be a woman in tech. Like, oh, I hear about these women in tech. They're super smart. And I was never good at technology. Mm -hmm. And I, I would tell myself that if you just consistently work hard and stick at it and stick at it, you will become successful. And it's, it's as simple as that because not everybody is willing to do, to, to do the hard work and feel the mundane everyday taking action, right? And if you can, and it's, you don't need to be the most intelligent person in the room to do that, right? Yeah. You just need to be resilient. And if you take action every day in a small way, you can't fail, Yeah. you know? Yeah. You will succeed. And that would reassure me because I had all this doubt and fear that I wasn't good enough. And you don't need to be good enough. You just need to work hard and be consistent. Yeah. I mean, I find it very interesting, I have to say, that you have now said three times that you're not good at technology, but you <laughs> are an SEO expert. That is a technology service. And you are providing SEO learning courses and workshops to paying clients. That is also a technology service. So you might not have been when you started in 2017, but you are certainly good at technology now. And I don't think that anyone who has listened to this conversation would dispute that. That's crazy. It's a mindset thing. Like I still, I'm still stuck in that mindset where I don't think, I thought for me, being good at technology is you need to know coding. You need yeah. to know how to build websites. And so, but you're right. Technology has so many aspects, right? Yeah. There's so many facets of a technology business and SEO, performance marketing, two things that you are very good at are some of the <laughs> biggest growing fields in the technology sector, particularly over the past year when so much uh, advertising, marketing has gone online. So then what's next, Aisha, for you and your journey? I think um, what I would like is, so I have four sites at the moment. I have, I have a goal. I, I have no intention to be this big multinational and have millions of employees. That's not my desire. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to become famous, zero interest in being a celebrity or whatnot. I'm interested in achieving financial independence for me and my family and helping others do the same. Mm -hmm. And the way that I'm going to do that is I'll probably build up my sites and sell one or two and build up, buy a farmhouse in Wales that's, and live off the land. Yep. And so that's step one. If any of my family has mortgages or debt, I'll pay it off. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to also be setting up a business specifically about blogging and SEO and to teach others to do the same. And so if you are in a position where you're saying, what do I, what's the first step? Like, how do I write an SEO optimized blog post? How do I bring people to my e-commerce store? I want my, from, I want to have a site that says, this is how you do it. And I will probably, I don't know when, but I'd love to get to do videos and YouTube and, mm -hmm. and show people because I want to give people free resources to improve their lives and also achieve financial independence. And so I'll be working towards that. Oh, thank, thank you so much for all of the things you do and for all of the information that you share 
to to people so so generously um yeah and also thank you for sharing your story with me today and um and to the listeners of the purpose effect i've really really enjoyed this chat thank you thank you so much for having me and you know if you know if you've listened to me this far i really appreciate your time and you know just remember that all it takes is a small action every day and don't feel like you have to do it all in one go you are good enough if you're listening to this just take small action every day and i wish you luck and thank you so much ellen for having me Honestly, I said it earlier and I'll say it again now. Follow Aisha on Instagram, bookmark her website. And if you have or are thinking of starting an online business, think about attending one of her workshops. I've linked to outandbeyond.com in the show notes where there are also loads of free materials to get you started. Thank you for tuning in and please don't forget to follow The Purpose Effect on Spotify or click subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And also send it to all your friends. I'll be back again next week. Bye.